Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called but of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, in association with Square. Square can help with your business needs from menu management and online ordering to payments. Visit square.com for more. Now, what do you need to know about the latest iPhone 15 and 15 Pro launches and the Apple Watch releases? Is it a good time to upgrade? If so... Is there enough in the iPhone 15, the iPhone 15 Pro, the Apple Watch S9 and the Apple Watch Ultra 2 to justify it? Tabitha Monaghan, I have to say it has been a tough slog here in sunny California testing out all this new Apple gear. It looked really difficult and I don't think you're impressed at all by the new Zoom on the iPhone 15 Pro Max. You didn't look impressed at all with that from any of your videos that were on Twitter or X even. Tell me, tell me more. Note to our more innocent listeners, you're being sarcastic. I was very impressed with the Zoom on the iPhone 15 Pro Max. So let's let's run through the basics here of what was actually launched. So it was iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Plus, iPhone 15 Pro, iPhone 15 Pro Max. Now, to me, the big one by far were the, uh, the new Pro models, iPhone 15 Pro, iPhone 15 Pro Max. Why? Because. A couple of reasons. Number one, they replaced the steel with titanium. So... If you've had an iPhone 14 Pro or 13 Pro, that steel is actually quite nice. It's shiny, okay? It, it, it marks it out. The problem is it's very heavy and it's also a fingerprint magnet as well. So I have an iPhone 14 Pro, but I actually use the iPhone 14 Plus as my daily driver phone because it's much lighter. I'm actually willing. You notice the weight difference in that, really? Oh my God, I've jeans. I have a whole wardrobe full of jeans with the rectangular mark <laughs> Uh, in the front because of heavy smartphones. So the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max are about 10% lighter than last year's model. So that's really good news, as is the fact that they're not fingerprint magnets um, as well. The other uh, big increase, big upgrade for me is actually in the the flagship model, the 15 Pro Max, that has a big camera upgrade. And the reason it's a big camera upgrade is because there's a new five times optical telephoto zoom. Now, I'm a bit of a camera geek, so 
I really like that. I've missed the fact that, for example, on on Samsung S twenty three flagship models, you're you're getting, you know, uh, much much bigger ten x optical zooms on those. Fantastic. Um, whereas on the iPhone uh, top models, it has been you know two point five or three x. This really bridges the gap. And I played with it yesterday. And it's really, really fantastic. It's impressive. It definitely is. And is there also the case where you zoom in while you're videoing something? You were, we we described mm. last time we were talking about this in anticipation of the launch, that when you're zooming in for a video, there is that ever so slight jump when the lens changes to go into the zoom. Has that been fixed? No, it's still there. <gasps> what? It's still there. So you're going from, so let's put, let's set the scene here. So you want to do this really arty shot. You're you're zooming in on something. And you're you're swiping and pinching in as you're recording, and then you hit that five X lens, which is a separate lens, and you just see the little skip. So it's oh. the same as it was on the three X. So look, they haven't fixed that. I thought they would. For most people, will that will that impact their decision making and when they're going to buy this? Is it more for no. those who are really into it, or maybe a videographer who's going to be using the iPhone 15 Pro Max to work? Yeah, but I do think that for those who use it for work, that this actually will be a meaningful upgrade. So I was very lukewarm about the idea of the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro and Pro Max being really, you know, absolute 100% upgrade material. Because it just on paper, what we knew about the upgrades, which have come to pass, they they didn't really smack you as something that, you know, you'd really go out and buy. I've kind of changed my mind with the Pro models, not only because they're lighter, um, but also something that we haven't talked about yet, which is the change to USB-C. So for most people, this isn't going to be a big deal. So the, cap- the, the charging cable you use for iPhones was lightning. It was a little, uh, little, little uh, connection. They've changed that to USB-C, which is what every other electronic gadget uses. Okay, that's an, actually an EU regulation, so Apple had to do it. But you can now use that for way, way more data transferring things. And I'm saying that in the context of professional users, because you mentioned professional users. Now, if I'm a videographer, I'm a photographer, or if I need to move uh, large files between devices and I don't have a satisfactory WeTransfer style wireless uh, service, this is a really good way of doing it. It really opens the iPhone Pro in particular up to more of that. So it's for a professional user, which you mentioned, it's a really solid upgrade. Now, I'm going to say one last thing about the, uh, the, the iPhone 15 Pro uh, range. And we haven't even gone into the chips because you can just take it as read that, you know, the new chips, the A17, three nanometer are really powerful. They are, that's fantastic. And they're really efficient, which, which leads to better battery life. The most underreported, including by me, by the way, element of all of these iPhones, in fact, all of these Apple gadgets, is the price drop. Yeah, that's what definitely caught my eye when I saw you tweeting from Cupertino as well, is the price drop because the last time we were here talking about the iPhone launch, the last time, was the price, the increase in price. Was it 1,300 quid for the top model? Like That was serious cash. And now for it to be going back down, yeah, big time. Yeah, we got absolutely hammered in Europe, in the Eurozone uh, last year because the dollar strengthened considerably against the Euro and Apple prices its products against the dollar. So there were like 100 and 200 euro increases in the prices of everything that Apple sold here. That has partially reversed now. So 
last year's iPhone for iPhone 14 Pro started at I think 1339 or 1349 euro. It's now 1239 or 1249. And that's not even taking into account inflation. So you would have expected an, an additional six, seven, eight percent, you know, quite apart from that. That hasn't happened. So it's actually more than a hundred euro uh, of of a price drop. So last year it was a, there was a very weak case for upgrading. Let's say you have an iPhone 10 or iPhone 11, or maybe an iPhone 12, and you were thinking, will I upgrade? Last year for the iPhone 14 and 14 Pro. It was quite a weak case to upgrade because, and I think I said so at the time, because the price increase allied with fairly iterative upgrades meant you, it was hard, it's just hard to justify. This year, there's a price drop and the phones are noticeably better in some respects. It's actually a much stronger case to upgrade this year. I can see, I, I was kind of scratching my head at the analysts who were all saying before this that uh, there would be uh, the, the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max would outsell everything else and there'd be a huge upgrade cycle. I was thinking, no, no, not with these reported improvements. I actually think it could happen now. Purely down to the price. What, what is the reasoning for the price drop? Currency. So the, the euro has strengthened against the dollar, which means that because Apple prices all of its equipment in dollars, it means that uh, your euro buys more dollars, which means that the price of the, 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 the euro price has fallen. The dollar price has remained the same, but the euro price fell. By the way, that's the same for the new Apple Watch. The new Apple Watch Ultra, Ultra 2, for example, there's not a huge amount of difference in the new Apple Watches to last year's Apple Watches. We can talk about one or two of them, but the price of the Ultra 2 is now 100 euro cheaper. Last year's Apple Watch Ultra was 9.99. The Ultra uh, Watch 2 is 8.99. Okay. Uh, now, you'll still see retailers like Harvey Norman and local retailers selling the current Apple Watch Ultra for 9.99. Just don't buy it. You know, you'll get a better watch for €100 Euro cheaper. So the price, obviously, on the new um, iPhones are lower. Will that impact the models, the older models that are still available in stores? Will they still will they be lower as well? They are lower. So you can get an iPhone 13. So Apple still sells the iPhone 13 and iPhone 14, as well as the iPhone 15. So the think the entry level now for an iPhone 13, I think, is about 759, something like that, which is actually a really good deal. So if you have an old, old, maybe you have a, an iPhone 8 or 8 Plus or something like that, if you want to move to um, one of the newer Face ID iPhones, uh, like an Apple, an iPhone 13, a 220 euro cheaper than the iPhone 15, is actually a really good deal. It's a yeah. really good deal. So, but it's across the board. So um, all of the Apple uh, products are falling in price as they're updated. The same thing happened with the, the MacBook Air uh, earlier this year. Just while we're on the, the, watch, uh, the watches, it is worth mentioning that there's this new thing with the, uh, the Watch Series 9 and the Watch Ultra 2 where you can tap your forefinger and your thumb to control functions like answering a call or um, a, you know, other stuff. It's quite interesting. It's a similar process for the Vision Pro. We saw that, that exactly. they were introducing this already. Yeah. 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 And you can see Apple now laying the ground for people using hand gestures increasingly to control their computers, which is quite interesting. It's a strange one. I saw I was looking online and I could see it mm. in action. It's one of those ones. Will people adopt that? 
that action or will it just inevitably happen? It's not something that I would go and buy one of the new Apple Watch Ultra 2s for so that I could yeah. pinch my index finger my, no. and my thumb together so I can use it. It's not, no, but, it's not a but selling here's, point. Here's a scenario. You see the amount of people in Dublin walking around with coffees. Yeah. Okay. Now, quite a few of them have Apple Watches and a call comes in. You Maybe you have your AirPods in you have your Apple Watch, you've got your iPhone in your pocket. That's a common scenario, but you're carrying a coffee. This is a very common scenario in Dublin. A call comes in. Typically, what you would do, you find somewhere desperately to put the coffee, either to, to take your, your phone out yeah. of your pocket, okay? Or if you didn't want to take your phone out of your pocket, you'd kind of try and awkwardly sort of hold the coffee while taking your forefinger and touching the uh, your your Apple Watch, which would then answer the call Um uh, in your AirPods, okay? That's a normal thing to happen. Now you just have to tap your thumb and forefinger. Okay, so there are some practical implications for it then. I can yeah. see it, yeah. I can see the, 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 the practical scenarios. But what's interesting is the way that Apple is laying the ground, though. That's this long-term exactly vision it has. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, it's almost, they're introducing this as a feature at a different level with a different product so that eventually it'll become far more natural to do it once the Vision Pros become mm. more mainstream. Is that kind of the thought process, do you think? Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is the the, uh, the thought process. I mean, on the iPhone 15 uh, Pro models, for example, they've added this feature for video recording, what they call spatial video recording, and that's specifically with the Vision Pro in mind. So it's not just that you can record videos on it. You can now record it in the type of format for when the Vision Pro is launched in the market early next year, these videos will be able to play in that kind of surround video format on your Vision Pro. So Apple is thinking a few steps ahead here um, uh, on all of these things. Um, just while we're on the watch, before we leave the watch, it's worth mentioning that the new chip in the new Apple Watches, the S9, um, also is much faster. And this is this is a, a big thing for Siri. So. In my opinion, Siri's not great. It, yeah, it's not. Agreed. It's kind of hit and miss. Um, one of the problems there is the slowness and the lag, particularly when your watch is connected to, to Wi-Fi. Now it won't have to be. Now you can do it. Now it's on device. That's the way Apple puts it. So it'll be much snappier, much quicker, worth mentioning. And also yeah. lower prices as well. For, for, and the for screen the is brighter as well. The screen is the screen is brighter. And on the Ultra, it goes up to 3000 nits, which is really kind of phenomenal. That's really, really bad. You could almost use it as a torch um, uh, at that uh, point. Um, 20 seconds worth covering uh, the AirPods Pro because there's almost nothing new about the AirPods Pro 2, except they also do now take uh, the USB-C connection. So lightning is gone. So I think that means that the only Apple gadget that still uses the old cable are the AirPods the the, uh, the the entry-level AirPods and the AirPods Pro Max. I think everything else now, including like the laptops and the iPads, they all use USB-C now. And the AirPods Pro too as well, they they have the lower price benefit Yes, as well. they're, they're cheaper. They're 279 I think, uh, whereas the AirPods Pro from uh, last year were 299 And then just more broadly, just looking at what Apple launched there um, in Cupertino, we spoke about it before in the podcast about this kind of lackluster um, launches mm. that are happening in tech. What did you make overall of what they were launching? That there Was there anything really exciting? Honestly, I would say from an instant reaction point of view, no. 
this was just solid. It was a solid iterative upgrade. This was aimed at upgraders, people who have older iPhones. If I'm a Galaxy S23 Ultra user, am I? is there anything here that's really going to draw me to an iPhone and ditch my Galaxy? I don't think so. Um, on the other hand, and just to, to reiterate what I said at the beginning of this podcast, the more I actually look at the devices, play with them, and understand the pragmatic benefits, as well as the price drops, by the way, the more I think that this is one of the probably most attractive uh, launches that they've had from the point of view of people actually going out and buying one. Now, Apple has had three consecutive quarters of falling sales for various reasons. It's not an Apple thing. It's more of an international consumer sentiment thing and inflation, interest rates and all that sort of stuff. So they need it. But I think they probably have it here. I think they probably have it here. So that's what I thought of the iPhone 15, 15 Pro and the watches. But what did everybody else think? Well, yesterday I took the temperature in Apple Park in Cupertino and spoke to Stuart Miles, one of the most experienced tech journalists out there, and also to Leo Gebby, an analyst with CCS Insight. Stuart Miles, you're one of the more experienced journalists who comes to these Apple events every year. Were you wowed? you disappointed or somewhere in between? Give me, give me your reaction. I think... One of the biggest problems that Apple has is that they've kind of set the bar high for a number of years. And so to try and then reinvent the wheel every time for the sake of reinventing it to get the headlines is is not really their style. Mm. Um, there's that classic phrase that there's never a silver bullet. And to get somewhere, you have to do lots of iterations of lots of things to make the end product go, oh, wow, that's amazing, or that's really good, or, or what have you. And I think that's what you constantly see from Apple, which sometimes as a journalist is really hard because you're like, no, I want that big shiny thing that's like going to make everybody go, oh my goodness. But uh, it's sometimes it's, it's the smaller things that, will, that don't necessarily sound impressive, mm. but will make a big difference to users around so the world. So who is this for then? Was it for upgraders or was it also for switchers? I mean, you know, there were rumors of an iPhone 15 Ultra, and there were there were some big feature rumors as well. Really, get any of those? Really? So, who is it who's going to to buy this? I think it's a, it's a tough one because you know already a lot of people have con, con, commented to me that you know well I've already got the 13 Pro and it mm. takes great pictures, or I've got the 11 Pro, or I've got the 14. Or I, like, what do I need to upgrade for? I think you kind of, as a business, you kind of have to continue to. Well, Apple would say innovate. Uh, you have to continue to move it forward. Otherwise, you, you'll find yourself if you don't do that for a couple of years, then somewhat you'll you'll very quickly lose you know that that dominance. So I think it's that sense of if you've got a ten or you've got an eleven, and suddenly you need a new phone mm. because you've had it four or five years, then this is an opportunity to go and buy what is looks like an amazingly premium phone with some you know some good features. So it's upgraders. That's really yeah. what we're talking about. Like, I'm a camera nerd, so for me, the idea of a much better telephoto zoom on the iPhone 15 Pro Max five times uh, is, is worth it. But for anyone else, I don't know if you can quite pick out the big difference between, say, the iPhone 13 Pro and the iPhone 15 Pro. I think the biggest thing for me, there were two things that I liked, having played with it. Uh, one was the shift to titanium. Now... That sounds luxurious or what have you from you know from an outside point of view, but it's I picked it up and it was, it was a lot. It felt I mean it's twenty grams lighter, nineteen twenty grams lighter, but that felt a huge difference in the hand. I mean I, I looked it up. It's kind of I 
phone 11 pro weight mm-hmm. um and it's just it's one of those things phones have to seem to have got heavier and heavier mm. and heavier so my jeans as we're talking my jeans pocket there's a kind of an a bulging outline that I, that i has been through the wash many times and that's because of the weight of the phone yeah and so i think that will make a big difference that mm. that felt like a, a big thing i think the usb c is is a kind of a misdemeanor it's it's good for the new cyclists everybody gets excited by it but you know give it a couple of months you'll you'll be like oh, okay Did you like the touch on stage when they uh, positioned it as a a meaningful, innovative breakthrough that they've been working on? That was good, wasn't it? I mean, you know, there's that, you know, oh, wow, there's a technology that everybody else has been using for some time, but here Apple have invented it once again. Although I am kind of mildly excited as somebody who does transfer large files. From a pro point of view, if I can use an iPhone 15 Pro or even an iPhone 15 for the same kind of thing that that I use an iPhone, an iPad Pro for... Uh, files, video, um, audio, that could be useful. Yeah, and I think that it, it opens up the possibilities and you'll see that there are, you know, those pro users will suddenly go, oh, you know, okay, I can do this. One of the things I thought was quite fascinating by that was I always seem to be in that situation where I use the AirPods Pros for too long and then I run out of battery. And so the idea of being able to plug that into the phone to charge those up just to get that, that extra 10 minutes to, you know, of charge to then carry on listening to If you something. have a cable with you, though. If you have a cable with you. And so, to be, be fair to Samsung, they nailed this a few years ago because you just put it on the back of the Galaxy S whatever and it starts charging. Um, you will need to have that um, cable. And that's, you know, the kind of almost the elephant in the room where any of those lightning accessories, you'll need to buy a dongle, £29 yeah. in the UK, so it's got to be, what, $35 or yep. uh, 35 euros or what have you. Um, and you know that will that will all those, you know, by shifting to, again to those those smart plugs that you've got, where you've got the USB A sockets, all that's got to got to be re- rechanged. And that doesn't feel incredibly ecological, mm. environmentally friendly, compared to all the other discussions that they were having during the same keynote. Lastly, and don't laugh, but the iPhone 16. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, it, it does feel to me that both the 14 and the 15 were somewhat iterative in their um, updates. Yes, we did get a big uh, camera a zoom update on the 15 Pro Max. And yes, there is spatial uh, video recording uh, with the Vision Pro in mind. But it does feel to me that Apple is due a big upgrade on the iPhone soon. Do you get that feeling? I, I think, yeah, you're probably, they like to change the design every couple of years. Mm. Um, I think that they'll start that you know that could be the the option for next year um, they'll obviously try to just continue to push further with the camera technology I think you'll see much greater integration with the vision pro because uh, they'll start to learn things from that and then that will that will move there I think also and we talked about this in in June with the vision pro is that that's currently the north star for the the product so everything that they do on the iPhone or Apple Watch or whatever is all feeding into making the Vision Pro as as best as it can be. I wonder how many years they plan out the iPhone. Do you ever wonder about that? Like, is it three years, four years? Do they have an idea what the iPhone 18 is going to be? Oh, I suspect they do. I mean, I spoke to some of the senior execs around the Vision Pro, and that was a 10-year. They were they were looking out 10 years already on that, and so I can't see why they wouldn't already be thinking at least five years ahead Mm. they've got enough scope and capability to be able to do that Um, and so you know whether that's 
faster, you know, obviously faster processor, that's a given, but, you know, new te screen technologies, new materials, you know, all of these kind of things will be each year telling us how amazing it is compared to the last year's efforts. Leo Gebbi, an analyst with CCS Insight. Do you think the lack of headline-grabbing features might disappoint some people? It may, and it's one of the challenges that Apple has is that, I mean, after a pretty explosive event in June, which grabbed the headlines with the Vision Pro headset, this was certainly an event that was more about iterative updates mm. to the core products that are really central to Apple's success in the shape of the iPhone and the Apple Watch. And it's harder and harder to really grab headlines with the changes to these devices because they're, they're relatively small changes year on year. But ultimately, they're super important products to Apple. They're incredibly important products to people who use them. Um, and I think Apple will be happy with the improvements that it's made year over year. Well, Apple usually sometimes gets accused of underwhelming launches about one in every two years. Do you think this was one of them? I don't necessarily think so. I think in terms of what Apple has built here, um, what we always have to remember is that the, the people who buy the latest iPhones, the people who come and buy an iPhone 15 or a 15 Pro, are probably people who have previously owned a, an iPhone 10 or iPhone 11. They're going to have this huge upgrade, this huge jump forwards. Sometimes I think for people who are very close to the tech industry and see year-over-year devices and, and very small changes, it, it feels like there's not a lot of improvement. But I think for people who are coming from an older device and upgrading something brand new, I think they will find a lot to get excited about here. Okay, okay. Um, we hear a lot about chips like the A17 and the iPhone and the S9 for the watch. Mm -hmm. Apple clearly believes they're a selling point, but, but are they? I mean, how much do new chips actually influence potential customers? The chips that are working under the hood of our devices are actually hugely important. And I think Apple has made really heavy investments in silicon for the last few years. It's transitioned all of its Mac products over to its own silicon. It's, it's been doing that in its phones and wearables for longer. Um, and and it, Apple's entire strategic history really has been about building hardware and software that works together in, in perfect harmony, really. Mm. And it's always said that by focusing on the full stack of hardware and software, that is what has enabled it to be, to be different and to build these um, experiences which are differentiated from its rivals. And the silicon is a hugely important part of that. The chips that it builds is what everything else is based on the top of. And the changes that we've seen today are the things that enable some of the, um, the, the experiences that help it to really stand out from the crowd. So it's a really important part of the puzzle. Okay, now the there were a couple of spatial video recording cameras mm -hmm. added to the, the um, iPhone 15 Pro, and that's with the Vision Pro in mind. We saw on stage where they can uh, you know record a clip and you can you, watch back on your, your Vision Pro when you can get them uh, next year. What's your overall take on the Vision Pro? So yeah, the, the Vision Pro launch, there, there was always a kind of weird jarring moment when they suggested that what you might do is put on the, your headset to film people around you and then watch your videos back afterwards. And that looked like one of the strangest user behaviors that I think we've seen in technology. And I think adding the ability to capture spatial video on the iPhone makes a huge amount of sense to, to move away from that potentially very clunky mechanism. But I think in terms of Vision Pro overall, I mean, it does show that Apple is having to think very carefully about the future. Apple is aware that it cannot rely on iPhones as its engine for revenue forever. Ultimately, people are replacing their phones less than they were in the past. There's always going to be something that comes next in the tech industry. And, and Apple is making a very serious bet here that spatial computing is that next big thing that comes along. Can you see the Vision Pro or what it represents being that next big thing? I think that 
the Vision Pro is a step on that journey. I think the first iteration of the Vision Pro shows the roadmap in terms of what Apple wants to build. It wants to build um, spatial computing devices which can seamlessly blend your virtual content in with the real world. But I think in the longer term, it wants to reach this um, sort of promised land of augmented reality glasses, which look and feel just like regular eyewear and do all of these amazing spatial computing things for you um, without actually interrupting your view of the real world. And I think it's one of the challenges with the Vision Pro as we see it now is that, okay, while it does give you this ability to look through and see the real world, you are always going to be enclosed within the headset and sort of cut off a little bit from the world around you. The long-term goal, I think, is when we reach true augmented reality. That is when I think this will be a really transformational technology. Okay, well, just lastly, and I know this was about the iPhone 15 Pro and, and, and the watch but and, and not the Vision Pro, but do you see that journey, that path towards those glasses, towards the realization of that dream that you outlined? Do you see that actually happening? I do. I think we're starting to see a lot of the pieces come together. Um, and what's really interesting is you see some of the different cues across Apple's existing devices in terms of how it might reach that next generation user interface. The best example I have from today is if we look at the Apple Watch. Apple has just added this new gesture control where you can uh, tap your thumb and your fingers together um, on the watch uh, on your watch hand to control the mechanism of the watch itself. And this might sound really simple and maybe to some people not that useful. But I think what's interesting if you think to the longer term, when people are wearing devices like augmented reality glasses, there's the question of how you'll control them. And there'll certainly be things like voice control and so on. But having the ability to use your hands to subtly control a device that you're wearing on your head is something that actually makes a lot of sense. And I think what we see here is Apple's always very skilled at this. It, it really quietly starts to build the building blocks for a long-term vision with the devices that it already has now, which means that when it launches something brand new, everyone's already kind of familiar with what they should be doing and how they should be using it. Just going back to the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro, um, is this the device Apple has had a few quarters of declining sales. Is this a device that's going to change that? It's it's a difficult question. I think I think one of the challenges for the mobile phone market um, globally has just been that we've obviously seen a very difficult economic period. We've seen um, a lack of confidence from consumers in terms of spending. So we, we've seen the market overall shrinking. But Apple is in a very strong position, make no doubt about that. In terms of the premium smartphone segment, it very clearly is the leader in that space. Um, and again, as I was saying earlier, this is a device that for people who are upgrading from an older device, it will still feel like a, a really strong jump forward for them. They'll get a lot of, of, uh, of use out of this device. So I think, um, I think it's certainly one that it, as we start to see the potential for brightening um, consumer confidence as we move beyond sort of some very difficult economic times that the 15 and 15 Pro could definitely resonate well with consumers. And that was Leo Gebby, an analyst with CCS Insight, giving me his views on the Apple launches. Well, thank you very much for listening uh, to the Big Tech Show this week in association with Square. Tabitha Monaghan, who joined me, also produced the show. Gav Hennessy was on sound and Connor Doherty uh, was on video. I'm Adrian Weckler, and we will talk to you the same time next week. Bye-bye. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. 